Welcome to Paris Good Food and Wine. I'm Paige Donner, the host and producer. This food and wine show is being brought to you directly from Paris, France. Here, we give you a taste of this delicious world with all its colorful and diverse personalities that make up the Paris culinary landscape. So, sit back and relax and enjoy Paris good food and wine. Ah, yes. It's March once again, and that, of course, means that spring is just around the corner. For this episode of Paris Good Food and Wine, I'm letting you in on a couple of my secrets. These are French secrets to keeping in good health and good spirits during the long winter months, namely oysters and tea. The simple prescription is to consume both in generous amounts. The oysters, and you have many, many vitamins, and many, uh, you have um, iron, uh, vitamin A, B, C, everything inside. And uh, they say uh, very often that it's the best, the best, uh, the best food for sometime, some someone who's doing the marathon. First up is my interview with Veronique Giardot, otherwise known as the Oyster Queen. This charming Belgian married into the third-generation Giardot oyster farming family from France's Atlantic coast several decades ago and has shared in the cultivation of this valuable resource ever since. Ladies, take note because oysters seem to be a secret ingredient to staying young-looking and radiant. Next up, we hear from Olivier Scala, whose father bought a tea company in the 70s called Té Georges Canon. Mr. Scala has steered his family tea company toward growth and expansion his whole adult life, and now he even has his own son working with him. Tea consumption in France is markedly on the rise, with four out of five French people saying that they regularly drink tea. This interview takes place at the delightful Georges Canon Tea House in the very fashionable Saint Germain des Prés district on Paris's left bank. Tea because tea is a pleasure and this pleasure with, has to be shared and uh, we, we want that. That everybody who comes here is like in, in his house and uh, enjoy. So sit back and relax and get ready for another episode of Paris Good Food and Wine. <laughs> listening to Paris Good Food and Wine with me, your host, Paige Donner. I have this charming woman sitting across from me, Veronique Guillardot. <laughs> and anybody who knows, the, who knows their oysters knows the name Guillardot because it's a very famous name uh, for oysters here in France and it's because they are so excellent. But let's start from square one and ask you, how did you first get involved in cultivating oysters? Yes, so I met my husband and he was really don't, uh, so uh, he was uh, the, the, the farmer who was making oysters and it was a company, family company. So my father-in-law, he wanted to stop his business 
And I was thinking with my husband, it was a little bit uh, like uh, exotic, uh, exotic, I say it in France, because uh, French, I don't know how you say it is in English. But it was really nice uh, to uh, take this uh, family company and uh, to make something new or something different or, or something. And cultivating oysters is really interesting for me. It's very nice because you're always in the sea, always in the nature. And uh, it's a very nice job. And it was a small company and uh, there are many, many things to do in uh, such a company. So uh, it was for us a pleasure to uh, take this company, to start with it, uh, so 23 years ago. And now we're very happy with uh, this company. So uh, it was a nice job to do. Well, and obviously, I mean, you've grown it to, to the point where, you know, I mean, no, seriously, Guillardo, when you see some of your oysters on a menu, you know that you're, you're in store for something excellent. You know, but, like, don't take my word, like, listeners, don't take my word for it. But, I, I, you know, you have to try them yourself. But what makes your oysters just so outstanding? I think already the, the name, Gilardo, is a very nice name. And it was really nice because my husband, when we took this uh, company, said, Gilardo, I don't like this name. And I always think that the name Gilardo is a very nice name. And after that, we are really uh, very present to have a very good uh, quality. So uh, the quality in our company is uh, also is very strong, very long when you have them in the mouth. We, have really, we need really a very nice taste, very long time after you eat it. And uh, we have also, we need a shell very hard. That's really important for us as the quality Gilardot is for us interesting. And then after that, we have uh, many uh, parts of production. So many uh, different uh, uh, production countries and, and, and cities and everything. Cities, no, but uh, sites, so we say sites, excuse me. And uh, it's really interesting because in one box, you really travel because you have many, many uh, countries and uh, destini destinations and everything. And uh, when we taste these oysters and when we have this long taste in the mouth, it's, yes, I think it's really, that's really the, the, the point of Ginaldo for me. That's really important because the other, other oyster farmers who are very good also, they have only one production. So we have many production and uh, to, uh, to change everything and to put everything together, it's making a really nice product, very exceptional. I think so. We travel in a box. <laughs> From now on, I'll pronounce your name the French way, Giardo. I think I was saying it in, a, in an American accent. I, was, I think I said Giardo, so excuse me. That's but good, <laughs> with an American accent, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, you know, so, well, can you talk a little bit, I guess so you have different sites where you cultivate um, on the Atlantic coast always on the Atlantic coast. Can you talk a little bit about the environment in which you cultivate oysters? I mean, you know, what, what does an oyster bay look like? I mean, is it always foggy or... So the oyster bay is normally really an, um, a place where you don't have many people who live. So it's really... Uh, we are very alone, <laughs> but it's important because you don't have the pollution of humans. You don't have pollution. No, you don't have pollution. You have always, sometimes you have pollution, but not in the, um, in the bay where we are. So we try always to be in a bay where we are very quiet without any people. 
what's very funny is that we have uh, really problems to find some people to go to work there because there's really nobody. There's nobody, there's nothing to see, there's nothing, nothing at all. So it's really for the lovers of the sea. They like sea and nature, they are really perfect uh, on this place. And then we have like tables in the water, so they are tables uh, 40 centimeters high. We put the bags on it and the bags are growing up, so the oysters are growing up for three to five years. After three to five years, they're really adult. They come back to France when they're in other countries or other cities, sites, excuse me, and then they come back. So they're putting on tables. We have to turn the tables when the high tie and the low tie. That's the only work we do on the oasis for tri three to five, uh, until five years. But the most important is really a park without any pollution around or any human uh, houses or camping and everything. We don't have this. That's really important for us. I wonder if maybe that's one of the one of the points that make your oysters so 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 perfect is because they're so pure. Maybe. Yes, that's what we try because it's really a difficult. Uh, an oyster is really. Uh, she can she can die uh, if she's uh, filtering something or eating something who's not very good. It's not very eat, uh, eating. It's like a filter uh, oyster. So uh, everything was in the water. She's eating it and filtering it. I don't know how do you say this in yes, English. Okay. Yes, okay, she's filtering it. So it's really important that it's re that it's really a, a place where we don't have any pollution. We always have pollution. It's not nice to say, but uh, the water or uh, today is maybe more there's more pollution uh, but the human pollution they don't stand it uh, pollution they don't like it so uh, it's really important that we preserve this otherwise we have oysters who can die or something so uh, that's important for us now i know i remember when i first um, met you and it was at one of guy savoie's restaurants you explained um to to the group of us like the, how oysters are not necessarily ranked, but like the, the number of their size, like oysters, <coughs> number, a number two, a number three, and I always still get it mixed up. Can you just do a little overview? It's very interesting because the oysters that we have, the oysters, so the, 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 the zero, well, we say zero, one, two, three, four, five, until six. The six is the smallest one, and the zero is the biggest one. And then you have flat oysters, and it's not the same. So flat oysters, when it's double zero, there's the smallest one. No, it's the biggest one. Excuse me, even me, I don't know anymore. So it's it's not the it's in the in the other way. It's very strange. But uh, I think it will come. And the number three is really the middle mate. So that's uh, always the same, a middle size, number three. Is it seems like number three is one of the more the more common in the restaurants. Yes, yes, in France, yes, that's what we sell the the most. Number three, number two, uh, and number four in France. Yes. And oysters are so popular here in France. I mean, it's really part of the staple of, of many, uh, many traditions like New Year's Eve. And then also we're in the oyster season still. And uh, I know like here in, in Paris, um, some of the you know, since I've met you, I now really look, when I see your name on a menu, your oyster's name on a menu, I go, oh, okay. And I've seen it, uh, I think I mentioned to you, I saw it recently at Le Clarence, which just got two Michelin stars. And, I mean, I've seen it at so many, um, do, do, you, do you want to maybe name a couple of the places in Paris where yeah. we can find? We have many places where we are, but not always, because sometimes it's also seasonal. So they change always their cards, so it's not always the same customers I have. But I'm very happy because a lot of uh, customers, they trust us because it's already 
since a long time, so since uh, more than 20 years. And before it was my father-in-law and the grandfather and everything, so it's already for more than 100 years that we are producing oysters. And uh, I'm always happy to see my name, even it's my name, but on the cards, I'm always very, very happy. And I understand it is, it's nice. And the chiefs normally, they like our products because we have a regular uh, product, because we have many parks, different, but we're always trying to have the same quality all year long. And that's what the most, that's the most difficult to do in a, with a natural product. And we arrive, not always, but we try to do it by the best way. I see. So that's why someone like, like a chef Guy Savoie, you know, triple it well, why he can kind of rely on you. Yes, yes the, I think, yes, they trust us because they know normally the quality is always the same and always uh, very good. Yes. Now, I know you've got some export um, business businesses around the world. You know, you export. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. So we have uh, export around the world because the chiefs uh, of France, they travel a lot uh, today. So they go to China, they go to Japan, they go uh, everywhere through Australia and everything. So they took with them very often uh, our product. So that's really nice. And that's why we, we can see our products anywhere, we, in many, many countries. No, not, not in USA, but uh, we can see them in uh, many, many countries. Uh, what for us the, the pleasure is, it's not to be to do export and to have many, many uh, oysters who are selling, uh, who are sold in, um, in many countries, but it's to be in a country that we don't know, for example. So what we like is that our customers, they send us pictures and say, yes, you see, I was in, uh, I don't know where, uh, I saw your oysters. And that's really nice. That's really fun. Uh, that's a fun uh, thing in our, in our company. Yeah, but, uh, but unfortunately, I think um, there's something about exporting to the U.S., like something about exporting oysters. Normally, the, the problem is that there's no, uh, no authorization, I think, uh, between France and United States for the French oysters to go to, uh, to the United States. But I tasted already the oysters in the United States, and I think they're very good. So I'm very happy when I go to the United States, I ate always oysters from you know, USA. So uh, <laughs> I like every oyster, so it's not a problem. <laughs> That, that's funny because I, I often say to people here that I was never a fan of oysters until I, I, I started eating oysters in France because there's something about the oysters here in France. And then now I've, I've found the best oysters, which are, are yours. So, so, but that's nice of you to say, say good things about, about the U.S. Um, well, is there, let's see. Oh, I, you know, there was one other thing. You also told me how healthy oysters are. Can you just uh, give a little recap? So for me, oysters are very healthy because we made our controls and everything on the oysters. And you have many, many vitamin and many, uh, you have um, iron, uh, vitamin A, B, C everything inside and uh, they say uh, very often that it's the best the best um, the best food for sometime some someone who's doing the marathon <laughs> so uh, I think it also because it's very good and you feel very light when you're eating it you don't have to eat the bread and the butter with and the wine uh, then it's uh, better maybe but uh, it's a very nice product because you feel light and I think it's a very good product to eat, yes. And also the, what, what we saw when we, are, uh, when we are doing analyzes on our oysters, it's, it's really a very good product, yes. It's very good for the health. Yeah. And if you're any indication, it makes a woman stay young, very young looking. Yes, I, hope, 
I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I don't know if it's in the oysters, but I hope so. Yes, I stay young uh, with my oysters. Yes, <laughs> I would like, but I'm not sure about this. <laughs> Next thing we know, in France, there'll be like a, a, spa, a spa therapy uh, on the Atlantic coast with only oysters as a, as a regime for uh, 10 days or something. Well, I want to thank you so much, Veronique, for your time today. Thank you so much for talking to us about your oysters. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you very much uh, to think about me and uh, continue to eat oysters of Gilardot, of course. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> This episode of Paris Good Food and Wine has been brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. You can find us at parisfoodandwine.net to the Paris Good Food and Wine podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, as well as on SoundCloud. You can find us on Facebook at Paris Food and Wine. Comments, questions, and suggestions are always welcome. On Twitter, we're at Paris Food Wine. Next up is Olivier Scala, who speaks to us about his family tea company, Té Georges Cannon. I'm Paige Donner. You're listening to Paris, Good Food and Wine. I'm sitting here at this delightful tea salon in the 6th arrondissement on Rue Notre-Dame-des-Champs with Mr. Scala, who's the heir and, um, well, you will tell us all about Thé Georges Cannon because it has such an illustrious history. So first, tell us your, you know, tell us your, your full name and then, and then take it away. <laughs> so... Um, I am Oliver Scala. I am a managing director of uh, George Cannon Company. George Cannon Company is a tea importer's company which, who was created in uh, 1898 and uh, by uh, English, uh, English people who uh, was married with a French woman and uh, he created this company um, uh, more than about 120 years ago. And my father bought this company in uh, 1969. And my father was working in uh, other family tea company, but he left the family tea company to, to buy George Cannon and buy and uh, work by himself without the family in this new company. And I joined the company in uh, 1978, almost 40 years ago. Uh, and uh, my father teaches me about the tea testing, uh, the technique, technique of uh, purchase uh, of, uh, of tea. And uh, my son, Augustin, joined the company in 2006. And I teach, I teach him for the, about the technique of uh, tea testing, uh, tea buying, and so on. 
you know, so so the company when your father bought the company, it was already an established. Was it um, a, a big importer of tea, or were you already packaging and selling tea under your? Uh, was it was the brand Te George Cannon? Was it already packaging and selling tea under its own name, or is that something that your father and you developed? Uh, when my father bought the company um, this company was a very very small company very most probably the smallest in, in France uh, he, he had left a leader in France Té de l'éléphant and he joined the smallest smallest company and uh, this company was and is still uh, specialized in loose teas and not Uh, the, the, the George Cannon brand is uh, existing, of course, but the most, uh, the most goal of the company is to import loose teas and to sell loose teas or to make pack tea for uh, labeling. Well, that, you know, that's fascinating. And when you, when you come here to this delightful boutique, I mean, this is a real haven for tea lovers here in the 6th arrondissement. Um, you know, you see that you have specialized over the years in this loose tea because you have what I think over, like something like a thousand different tea blends available here. Yes, it's true. When, when my father started in uh, 1969, I feel that we had maybe 10 or 12 references of tea and not any perfume tea, only uh, uh, classic teas only, pure origin teas. And then we are improve of, of course uh, of course the range of our teas and I suppose I have not calculated but I suppose that we have uh, b between uh, 800 or 1000 kinds of teas classic pure origin teas and perfume teas You know, one of the uh, funnest things I've done since I visited your, your boutique, as I've, I've visited a few times now, is um, one of the, because it's, it's, a, it's a shop and it's also a tea salon. So you can have lunch here and you can also buy teas. And one of your boutique uh, tenders here, she had me do a, a tea smelling, like a, it was like smelling perfume, but it was teas. And that, I felt like um, that was sort of sensitizing my nose in terms of the fine smells. But now you're an expert, and you've also probably trained your son in this. How do you distinguish, when you're out buying teas, when you're traveling the globe, how do you source the best quality teas? Uh, our sourcing is... Um Uh, there are different, different sources. When I, I arrived in, uh, to George Cannon, my father had already... Um, yes, my father had, of course, an address book. And we have improved this address book because uh, we, we, we hear sometimes from good teas in, uh, in, this, in this country, in this, from this garden, and, and we, we are very curious. And we want to, to know the... We want to know who produces this tea and who with uh, the people. And uh, we, we, it's very important for us to, to have the direct contact, to know how people work and, uh, and to test their teas. And uh, when, we, when we travel, uh, I, uh, when I travel with my, uh, we, with, uh, my son Augustine, uh, we of course go and visit our usual for suppliers, but we also Uh, want to discover some uh, new uh, potential uh, suppliers. What are some of the favorite regions that you enjoy traveling to when you're doing your tea buying? 
It's extremely difficult to, to answer. It's as, as difficult as to say what is my preferred tea. Because any country is very interesting to visit. Any people are very interesting to, to contact, to, to, to be with. Uh, but I like very much, I am always exciting to go, to know that I will visit For instance, Darjeeling in India, or some uh, provinces in China, or Japan, or Nepal. It's uh, very. But also to discover last uh, last year or two years ago, I went for my first visit to Rwanda in Africa, and it was a beautiful country with excellent teas and uh, lovely people. So it's to discover is uh, the main uh, uh, of, of the main importance. You know, when I first became familiar with your tea, uh, you know, especially here in Paris, I started noticing that there are some very high-end places like five-star hotels and top patissiers, you know, like some of the most famous patissiers here who serve your tea. Um, sometimes it's under your own label and sometimes it's under their own label. Can you talk to us a little bit about that part of your, your business? Um, First, uh, I, I can say that our brand name, George Canum, is not very improved. We are starting the, the development and the diffusion of our brand. You have to know that we have created this brand, George Canum, maybe seven or eight years ago. And it's very uh, a young, uh, young brand name into inside of our uh, old, very, very old tea company. Um, first, we... Our Our brand name, George Cannon, is a very new brand name. We, have, we had created it uh, maybe in uh, 2007, about, and uh, it's a very new brand inside of the very old company. And we are improving the diffusion of this brand, but step by step, it's very slow. Uh, and for us, it's, it was and it is still easier to, to make labeling. And uh, we, for instance, we make the tea for... Uh, I can say for uh, La Durée Patisserie, for uh, Pierre, er Pierre Hermé, for uh, Amorino, for, for the ice, uh, ice creams, and so on. And we have a lot of, uh, of uh, labeling. And we also supply loosties for prestigious locations like Bristol Hotel, like uh, people like Michalak, and, and, so, and so on. Yeah, so I think that a lot of people, even if they don't recognize straight away your brand, Tejorge Cannon, they'll know once they hear these names like La Dore, they'll know, well, I've had that tea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, no, uh, nobody knows. It's uh, almost a secret. It's possible to, 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 to let uh, know that, but it's, nobody knows exactly who, who supplies, uh, yes, uh, for us, La Durée, for other uh, companies, uh, Le Nôtre or, or Fauchon, but uh, generally, uh, team porters supply uh, prestigious uh, brand names. You know, the more I learn about tea, and I don't know much, and some of what I've learned now so far is speaking with you and your communications team, but it seems to me that there's a bit of a parallel between uh, vineyards and sourcing good, good grapes and, and tea. Can you speak to that a little bit? It's very similar because we are depending on the climate conditions of the earth, the, the soil, Uh, the nature of the soil uh, we, 
such kind of soil will give such kind of taste. Such uh, kind of uh, tea trees will give, uh, or variety or cultivar will give different uh, different testing. It's and it's exactly like wine with uh, with the grapes, with the soil, with the, the, the elevation and so on. It's the two, the both products are very very similar. Our cousins. Yeah, that, well, that's it's fascinating for me to, to keep on discovering that. Let's keep on discovering the, the similarities. Now, Mr. Scala, just for the final question, I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about your this tea salon here because it's a boutique, it's a tea salon, and it's also a center for well-being. I believe you have downstairs as well. We we are we had been op- opening this uh, this uh, tea house uh, 2009. And we wanted to open exactly a tea house. And in a tea house, for, for instance, in China, there are many activities. You have a counter of tea, you have accessories to, to, to buy, or that we sell. We have also a tea shop, uh, sorry, a tea room, uh, where we can, you can have lunch. And we prepare uh, receipts with tea. Tea is uh, present everywhere in our, in our tea house. You can, like now, taste one tea, one cup of tea with good patisserie. And downstairs, we have open um, Japanese tea, tea house with some shanoyu, uh, ceremony of tea, which are made by a tea master each uh, Saturday. And we have also a cabin of massages and uh, with a woman who makes uh, excellent uh, shiatsu massages. You know, that's, yeah, that's excellent. I know it's like everything is tea here. One time I enjoyed, uh, so not, not too long ago, I enjoyed some lentil soup here that was made with a base of tea. And uh, since then I tried it at home and it's now my favorite way to make lentil soup. So it's with a base of tea rather than bouillon. And it's wonderful. I very much enjoy that. Thank you very much. We, we try to include tea everywhere in the receipts, in the soups, and, the, and uh, we, we like you enjoy that. Yeah, we, hope, sorry. we hope that you, you enjoy that. You know, er, anyone who comes and visits your, your shop will enjoy it. Is there any final thing that you'd like to you know, suggest that somebody come in here for? If somebody comes, and uh, I hope that he, he will have a very nice welcome and we, we can give him uh, any information about tea because tea is a pleasure and this pleasure with, has to be shared and uh, we, we want that, that everybody who comes here is like in, in his house and uh, enjoy. And I know you have a website too, so I will mark that, you know, I will note that when the interview, when, you know, when we post this. Thank you very much, Monsieur Scala. Welcome, thanks to you. This episode of Paris Good Food and Wine has been brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. You can find us at parisfoodandwine.net. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Paris Good Food and Wine. A big thank you to all who helped make this show possible, and especially a grand merci beaucoup from me, your host and producer, Paige Donner. You can find this and past episodes of Paris Good Food and Wine on iTunes. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Paris Food Wine and like us on Facebook at Paris Food and Wine.